I sing praises to your name, O Lord. family. I'd like to, to say hello to all our visitors this morning, and we're so happy that you're here and that you uh, come to worship God with us. So uh, we, uh, we like having you. We're glad, we're glad you're here. Now, last night, I, uh, I couldn't sleep. I got up about uh, maybe about 3.30. I usually ask Brendan what time it is, but I got up and uh, I turned on the, the TV and the uh, first thing I heard, and, and y'all tell me if I was dreaming because I, I didn't verify this, but I heard that uh, in Jacksonville, Florida, right, right up the road there, uh, there were three African Americans who was, who was killed by a uh, by, uh, uh, white nationalist. They say he was a white nationalist and uh, he had a manifesto and he sent it to his parents and uh, the press. Uh, and and he, he also killed himself. This country uh, is in trouble. And I want you to think about something. You know, uh, uh, we got to love one another, and Jesus is the, the key to that. But yeah, I started thinking. I thought, you know, what if it was an uh, uh, African-American, a black, that killed three whites who they didn't know they were innocent? Uh, could, we, could we live with that? Or maybe... What about 
if somebody killed three Jews. I mean, they don't bother anybody. They're Jewish. They killed them. It's a book. Uh, is, is that acceptable to us? What about, what about three Muslims? You know, uh, they don't believe the same way we believe, but what if they killed them? Uh, then we could say, what about three people who are gays, who believe in a different lifestyle? What if they were killed? What about three children? What if they were killed? Would that be all right? My brothers and sisters, we need to share Jesus with the world. It's raining out there in the world. They're getting wet and it's getting worse and they don't realize it. They, they don't see they need to come into the house. Uh, I, uh, I am moved by, by the one common denominator and that's hate. That's what's causing this. Hating one another. You know, I thought about something. And you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak my mind and I'm going to tell you, I thought about something about the, the immigrants on the southern border. What if someone felt the solution was killing them? Now, in school, American history told me that this was a country of immigrants. Everybody pretty much came from somewhere else, ancestors or came from somewhere else. This, this whole thing about sharing Jesus is so important because we all need Jesus. None of us are perfect. We all sin. We all fell short. We need to let people know. Not just your family and loved ones. Let everybody know. Now, Doug Gertis and Matt Robinson, they're kind of heading up our efforts. I know we're still in the planning stage, but it is needed. It is needed. And you need to look at yourself and don't buy in to the hate. Don't buy into it. It's being sent out to to everybody in this country to don't trust these people. They're like this. They're not like us. We're all one people. 
And even my physical dad taught me that. I said, when I was very young, what, what is the difference between whites and blacks? He said, there's no difference. <laughs> We're the same people. We're one people. No difference. I love y'all. I'm sharing my heart with you. Please, please apply it to your life and apply it to others. Please pray with me. Father, we come to you once again, knowing that you love us and haven't given up on us, knowing that you love us so much you sent your only begotten son to help us. Father, sometimes uh, people try to control us and control how we feel about each other. Father, please help us remember to be like your son, follow his example. Love and forgive, and continue to love even more. Thank you again for your grace and mercy. Bless us during this worship service, Father, and keep us safe. We pray this prayer in the name of your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our congregational scripture reading this morning comes from 2 Peter 3, verses 9 through 10. Shall we read together? The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward us, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved, and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. I sing the mighty power of God is our next song, praising the creation that our God has given us. It's a song in prayer. And at the end, we will sing, Amen. I sing the mighty power of God.
Our song before the prayer is 134, The Lord, my the Lord is My Shepherd. The Lord's my shepherd, I Join me in prayer. Dear Father in heaven, we thank, thank you so much for the love and the compassion that your son came and died for us, Father, that your kingdom is established. 
that it's open to us, open for our hearts, open for our prayers. Father, we thank you so much for those that you healed that the doctor said it was more than we could do. And continue to be with those that are, are sick and sorrowing and having difficulties. It comes to mind is Mitzi and certainly the, the hill that she's got to climb is a big one, Father. But as you've been with Bobby and you've been with Leah, Father, and you've been with others here, please be with her and her family. Father, we have a blessing so much with what you've given us here, with material things, but more than that, your love and the love that we can have for one another, Father. Strengthen us in that love. Help us always to walk in your light, to seek you first over ourselves, to grow and to show others a light to a world that is in darkness, Father. Help us to take advantage of those opportunities that are presented to us that, that we can show others who you are, how much compassion and love you have, how much grace that's there for everyone, Father. Be with us that as we go through worship this morning, that Father, that we keep you in mind that we're here to worship you, Father. It's in Christ's name we pray, amen. Our next song will help prepare us, our minds for observance of the Lord's Supper. Marvelous grace of our love. think about this table it's where 
we remember what the Lord had done for us. And I was reading Mark 15 this morning to, to start to prepare for this, and it walks through, you know, Pilate, uh, the situation with Jesus and Pilate, and then how he's taken out and scourged, and then he's hung on the cross, and at the sixth hour, he gave up his spirit for us. So that kind of contrasts what William was talking about this morning, that this table is all about love and grace, not about hate and malice. So one of the things that we need to keep in mind is that when we go out into the world, we, you know, you often hear me pray that I just say we reflect a little bit of God's goodness in us. Let's let that light shine in this dark world. Uh, Let us go to our Heavenly Father to thank him for what he's done for us. Dear Heavenly Father, we we do approach your throne grateful for the many blessings that you you do give us, the patience and tolerance that you have uh, when we don't display the behaviors and the attitudes that you need us to to display. You tolerate our selfishness. You tolerate our, our lack of care and concern. You tolerate our complacency. Father, we just ask that you help us grow from that and then learn how that we should be able to be those examples of love that can shine in your world today so that we may take the attitude that you've displayed through us with your sacrifice, giving up something extremely important to you for those who didn't even align with you, didn't love you back, and and fought against you. Father, we always ask us to look at our lives as we live them and see where we can make just small improvements to move more towards the goals you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Let us give thanks for the cup. Father, it's with mixed emotions that we remember the sacrifice. One that, you know, it had to be done to pay for the mistakes and the misgivings that we have made. But also one of joy and gratitude for the fact that the gift was given for us. That we don't have to pay the price. All we have to do is reflect the love that you gave us. Help us to do that in the best way that we can. In Jesus' name, amen. Let us continue in prayer for the offering. Father, we're grateful to live in a nation where we have been abundantly blessed amongst all of those in the world, uh, to live in the richest and the freest nation that has ever existed. Let us express that gratitude by giving back just a portion of the bounty and blessings you have given us, not only in our monetary ability, but also in our time and our effort so that your kingdom can expand and the world can be better exposed to you so that more and more souls may be saved. 
Father, we ask that you be with the leadership of this church as, they're, as they take the funds that we're going to provide today and, and use it to, to further your cause in this area. And as always, Father, help each of us look for individual ways that we can contribute to be able to bring, those, bring the word and the good news to those in need. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good morning. I'll be reading Mark 16, 15 through 16. And he said to them, Go into, into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. Children's church, uh, second grade and younger, may now be dismissed. If it's convenient, shall we stand for our song before the lesson? I've found my Lord and he is mine. So this morning we're going to be talking about Zacchaeus, and I'm sure many of you already know that Zacchaeus was a wee little man. But here's the real question, how small was he? Or did he just have little man syndrome? I'm just kidding. Yeah, he was short. It's stature, it's not, it's not psychological, it's physical, although sometimes maybe we all have a little bit of little man syndrome or a little person syndrome, I should say. Maybe we all feel like we should be bigger than we are every now and then. You know, I just want to get right into the word this morning. Um, I really want to focus on what, what you see. I want you to be thinking also. We've just been talking about the woman at the well. I want you to be thinking from that angle this morning. But I want you to see the little things. Don't miss the little things this morning that the text does provide. So we're going to get right into it this morning. Luke 19. Let me ask you, though, real quick, have you ever wanted something so bad or have you ever wanted to be a part of something so bad that you actually went the extra mile to ensure that you would be part of it? Have you ever been there? 
where you want something so bad you're not going to be denied? You're not going to take no for an answer? Have you ever been there? That's where Zacchaeus is. I don't want you to miss that. Look here. Verse 1, Luke 19. He entered Jericho and was passing through. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector. And just because you might be wondering, he was rich. You know why he was rich? Because he was a chief tax collector. He wasn't just a regular tax collector. He was a chief tax collector. You know what else that meant? That's like being a district manager. You know any poor district managers? That's not usually the position you get in to be poor. So it's known that he's rich. He's in charge of many tax collectors. If one tax collector is taking advantage of somebody, guess what? He might get a cut of that if he's that type of person. So he's rich. Whether it's by ill gain or honest gain, he's rich. Although, is it really honest ever? And at least, it, I would say to be a tax collector, but that's... Not really the truth, right? But in this situation, he's a Jew that's collecting money for the Romans from his Jews, his fellow Jews. They don't look at him kindly. And not only that, but he's rose in the ranks. He has been promoted. He is someone who is not just a tax collector, not just someone who betrayed his own kind, if you will, or at least is looked upon like that, but he's also one that the Romans trust. They have promoted him. Don't miss that. Little things. Oh, and by the way, one more time. He's rich. Now that we got Zacchaeus out of the way, why is he there? Is he just somebody who happens to be there? Ask that question before we go any further. Is he just, this happened to be Zacchaeus, this, this little guy who just so happens to be on the road that Jesus just so happens to be walking down at just the right time. Is that why he's there? Is it completely coincidental? Verse 3, and he was seeking. He was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. So what does this tell you? There's a lot of little things going on here. First of all, he wasn't there by coincidence. He was there because he was looking for Jesus. He had probably already asked around. Where do you think he's going to come from? How do you know? There's more than one way into every town. So he's where he's supposed to be because he knows Jesus is coming in this way. And when he gets there, here's the problem. There's a lot of other people have been asking around too. And now there's this crowd that's so thick around him that they can't see. Now I have to admit, I've never had the short or small of stature complex or, or, or condition. In fact, there is nothing that would drive me more crazy than not to be able to see what's going on in front of me. I've never had that problem. Worst case scenario, I stand on my tippy toes. I'm like 6'5 all of a sudden, right? But I do remember being young. I do remember being in places that were so crowded that you couldn't see through people. That you had to hold on to mom or dad's hand because if you didn't, you could easily get lost. I told you the time I got lost at Disney World, one of the scariest days of my life. 
I remember being there. And that's Zacchaeus. He's come to get a look. He's come to see this man that he's heard so much about. He's come because he just so, he just might have found the Messiah. And guess what? He gets there and the crowd is so thick, he can't even get a look at him. He can't even see what he looks like. So I got to ask, Zacchaeus was clearly a seeker. What about you? Are you really seeking Jesus? Are you really seeking him? Now listen, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I'm definitely talking to you. Are you seeking out the one who can save you? But I'm not just talking to the one who's never accepted. I'm talking to every one of you that has too. Are you really seeking Jesus in your life? You say, Matt, I go to church. I come and I put up listening to you. That doesn't necessarily mean you're seeking. <laughs> There's a lot of times I go and I do things I think I'm supposed to do whether I want to do them or not. Are you seeking it? Are you seeking Jesus? Not just on Sunday, not just for a couple hours during the week, not just here or there. Are you seeking him every single day of your life? Are you seeking Jesus in your own lives? Deuteronomy 4, I love. There are some passages in Deuteronomy that just get carried over and over and over and over through the Bible. Starts right here in Deuteronomy and then just gets carried over and over and over and over. You hear it through the prophets over and over. You even hear it get carried over into some of the stuff in the New Testament, sometimes because they're quoting the prophets. But this is one of those times. Where something is said that you just, you can't get away with it. It's said not only by prophets, but it's said by Jesus himself. And you can hear it in what I'm about to read. Verse 28 of Deuteronomy 4 says, And there you will serve gods of wood and stone and the work of human hands that neither see nor hear nor eat nor smell. And you know what? That's the world we're all born into. That's the world we're all born into. When we're trying to figure out life, there's fir the first question is this. Is God real or is he not? Is there such thing as God or is there no such thing as God? That's the first question we all got to deal with. Many of us, we can look at the world, we can see everything and you've got either chance or creation. Chance, a lot harder to deal with than creation. Creation is actually the simpler, more obvious answer. And if you really look into that from a scientific standpoint, from a mathematical standpoint, from all the logical reasoning that you can come to, it is impossible to say that zero, there was one time where there was nothing and that from nothing came something. Or you look at all the organization, all the structure of the universe of creation from the biggest things to the, to the most finite things. It is extremely hard to say, well, it all just kind of happened because two things randomly collided and here we are. So you get past that first, that first question of is there a God or is there not? And then you got to figure out which one's the real one because there's all kinds of religion out there.
And that's the world we're born into. So how do you know? How do you know? Have you ever had a friend ask you that? How do you know for sure that the one you picked is the right one? I mean, there's all these choices. How can you be sure that it's, you're so right? Well, let me give you a promise from God. Verse 29, but from there, you will seek the Lord, your God, and you will find him. I know this is specifically talking to Israel, but let me tell you something. Today, you are Israel. The church is the continuation of Israel. Israel was never just going to be a country or a group of people that had one bloodline from a man named Abraham. Israel was always going to be everyone who believed in God. So this is a promise to us just as much as it is to them. You will seek the Lord your God and you will find him if you search after him. Are you searching? Are you seeking? Are you searching? Not only that, if you search after him with all your heart and with all your soul. This isn't something that we do a couple hours every day. It has to be something that is part of the very fiber of our being. You want real change in your life? It's got to become not just something that you go to, not just something that you maybe believe in, but it's got to be something that becomes who you are. That's the point. And then he says, and when, when you're, you are in tribulation, now he's, he's specifically talking about things that the prophets are going to talk about many times before it actually happens, but specifically to Israel and, and Judah when they divide. When you are in tribulation and all these things come upon you in the latter days, you will return to the Lord your God and obey his voice. See, that's all we got to do. I don't care where you've been misled. I don't care what kind of mistakes you've made. I don't care. Just return to the Lord and obey his voice. I'm going to give you a little advice from Job. Job says, as for me, I would seek God. And to God, would I commit my cause? As for me, I would seek God. And to God, would I commit my cause? Who does great things and unsearchable, marvelous things without number. And if you go back and you read after that, he's going to start listing off all those things. Are you seeking God? Are you committed to his cause? Is your cause committed to his cause? And last but not least, I, you know, I, you can't get around this conversation without Matthew 7, 7. I could have also used Matthew 6, 33, but let's just stick here. Because I want you to see that this is exactly where Zacchaeus is. And like I told you, he's not there by accident. He's probably asked around to figure out where Jesus is coming from. And at this point, he's seeking to see, see him. But guess what? He's been blocked. He's got to the right place. He's found the right guy. But he can't actually have the moment he was looking for. He's been blocked. So he's asked around. He sought him out. But now he's got to knock. Now he's got to knock. Which brings us back to Luke 19. And this is Zacchaeus, verse 4. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place 
where Zacchaeus was up in the sycamore tree, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down for I must stay. I must, I must, I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. Now, according to the disciples, if you ask the disciples today, was Zacchaeus on the list? Was that part of the plan today? Was that where they thought they were all going? Was Zacchaeus' house? No. But here's the moment. Think about this. You've got a crowd of people. Everybody's there to see him. Everybody wants to meet him. Everybody wants some of his time. But one person has stood out above the rest. Why? Because he's made the extra effort. Because he's shown Jesus what? An opportunity. Jesus sees an opportunity. He's surrounded by a crowd of people that are begging for his attention. But there's one that stands out literally above the crowd, even though he might be the smallest guy in the crowd. And Jesus doesn't miss it. And let me tell you something, life gets busy. And our schedules and our friendships and our relationships, they get crowded. It's part of life, we all deal with it. It's a struggle we all deal with. If we only had more time, how much more could you get done? You ever say that? That's life. It's not going to change. You can pray and you can beg, but there's going to be 24 hours for the rest of life in a day. So all I want you to see is this moment. And I do want you to see that Jesus does not miss when the opportunity is obvious. He doesn't miss it. And I want to tell you that Jesus saw the opportunity from amongst the crowd and he took time to be with Zacchaeus. Don't miss the opportunities. We have so many opportunities. It's simple things usually. It's simple things that we can do for each other. It's simple things that we can do to reach out. It's just small little opportunities. And you know what? A lot of times they're not going to come within the plan of your normal schedule. You're going to have to change it. It's going to cause a little more work. It's going to cause a little more effort. But don't miss the opportunity. Now, I know right now we're talking about from a perspective of evangelism. After all, that's exactly what Jesus is doing. But just like I said before, we're not only talking to the seeker today. We're talking to those who have already sought, who have already found Jesus. So look at Acts chapter 2 from this same perspective. You know what I noticed? I noticed that the people of God inherited the qualities of God. That's what I've noticed. And Jesus, he spent a lot of time with his people and he spent a lot of time talking to people. He spent a lot of time around people. You know what the church did? The same thing. They loved each other. They spent time with each other, not just on Sundays, not just when the elders called for meetings at the local church. They spent time with each other in their houses. They spent time with each other when they could. Day by day, the scriptures say. Day by day. They were together. And because of that, day by day, the Lord was added to their number. Not just on Sundays. Not just on Wednesdays. Not just when the building was open. 
Most of these churches didn't even have a building. They were meeting in the synagogues. That's what they did. Day by day. We got to get to that point where we're doing things day by day ourselves. Where it's not just a once or twice or a couple times a week where we're serving the Lord, but we're seeking him every day. We're seeking his will every day. We're looking for those opportunities every day, whether it's to grow together or to reach out to someone new. But don't miss the fact that Zacchaeus made the effort. He's the reason that he stood out because he was seeking and God knew it. Verse 7 of Luke 19. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. This being the crowd. He has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. Now let me ask you a serious question. Name one person in that crowd that's not a sinner. Name one. I'm going to be like Jesus. Yeah, Jesus. Everybody says that every time, right? It's just like the woman caught in adultery. Let's stone her. Cast first stone of yours. Name the one person in the crowd that's not Jesus. That's it. But isn't that funny? You ever find yourself in this place? Where you can see everything wrong with everybody else, but you can't see nothing wrong with yourself? You know what you do when you're in that place? You grumble. Let me finish this and I'll get back to that. Verse 8, Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, so, so the crowd's outside and they're going, I can't, he went with him. We're going to get back to that. Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I've defrauded anyone or anything, I'll restore it fourfold. You see what Zacchaeus is saying? Is he admitting that he's guilty? Is he saying he stole from a lot of people? Is he saying he's everything the crowd thinks he is? Is that what he's admitting in here in front of Jesus? Yeah. Look at it again closer. He says that he's a man that gives half of his goods to the poor. What about you? He's probably better than you, right? He's better than me. I don't give half my goods to the poor. I don't give 50% of my paycheck to the poor. I don't give 50% of all I own to the poor. Does that sound like a man who steals? If he is, he's Robin Hood. Don't you think? He's Robin Hood. He's stealing from the rich to give to the poor. All right. Then he says this. And if I have defrauded, and if I have defrauded, I'll pay it back four times. Sound like a man that steals from everybody he knows? If it is, he's going to have a whole lot of debt, probably more debt than he can pay back. So he'd be lying to Jesus right to his face. That's not who he is. Don't miss this. Is he a chief tax collector? Absolutely. Does he have a bad rap? Absolutely. Is everybody outside hating the fact that Jesus picked him over everybody else? Absolutely. Let's get to that. Let's get to that. What's grumbling? What really is grumbling? When you think of grumbling, that's kind of like an old school word, right? I don't, ever, I don't think I ever in my time of, of playing soccer or, or, or doing anything competitive did anybody say to me, Matt, you're such a grumbler. But I grumbled. 
I can tell you when coach said, hey, you know what, today we're going to run this huge track 20 times. What? Are you kidding me? What is that going to do? That's not going to do nothing for us, man. I, didn't, I, didn't even gotta, I came to play soccer. Not, I'm not trying to be a track star. That's grumbling. That's exactly what the crowd did. You know what the crowd said? They said, I can't believe he would pick that man over me. He went with him over me. How could he do that? He's in there spending time with him at his house. He should be with me. We're all out here. We all try to see him too. We wanted time with him too. And now he's spending all his time with him. Sweet. Glad I came here. Wasted my time. I mean, seriously, if he knew who that guy was, you think he would spend time with him over me? Not hitting anybody yet? Am I hitting anybody yet? Grumbling. You know what the problem with grumbling is? You miss what God's doing in Zacchaeus' house. You miss what God's doing in Zacchaeus' house. All you can see is what he didn't do. And you're missing what God's doing. God's having a moment with the chief tax collector, the guy everybody else in town's wrote off, the guy everybody else in town's mad. Oh, he went to his house. He went to his house. You believe him? Serious. Don't miss this. But they have no idea what's going on in the house. You know why? Because they're too busy thinking about themselves. They're too busy grumbling about the things that aren't going right for them or not the way they think they should be. They miss it. It is easy. It is easy. It is easy. It is easy. I could be the best grumbler in the whole world. It is easy to be a grumbler. I promise you guys, it is easy to be a grumbler. Anybody can sit back and look at everything that's going on and find everything that's going wrong. Every one of you is an expert at that. All of us. It takes no training at all. It takes no training. Okay? You ever coach a team? You ever lead a group of people? Everybody on that team, as soon as you lose a game, my team is playing great. We lost one game. The whole parents wanted to tell me how to coach all of a sudden. Every parent became a coach. Every parent became an expert in soccer. Every parent. It's easy to be a grumbler. It is easy to sit back, take no ownership, and tell somebody everything they're doing wrong. It is easy. We're all experts. But when you do that, you miss what Jesus is doing. When you do that, you're missing the changes that are happening. When you do that, you don't even know what's going on in Zacchaeus' life because you're too busy thinking about what's going on and what you're missing out on and what wasn't going the way you wanted to go in your life. You miss it. Have I made my point on that? All right, I'll move on. What happens after that moment? Zacchaeus has this amazing moment. He says amazing things. What happens after that moment? Jesus says to him, today salvation has come to this house. The place nobody ever thought it would reach. The chief tax collector. The guy who's already sold out on his own kind. 
the worst of the worst as far as everybody else is concerned. If you remember, we've been talking about 10 people. 10 people. 10 people in your life that you want to see with you in heaven. That's all we've been talking about, guys. 10 people. Everybody's got a few. Maybe it's hard to write down 10, but everybody's got a few. 10 people in your life that you want to be with you in heaven. I want to remind you to pray for those people, even the ones that you think are too far out of reach. There's no way Jesus will ever get into that house. Pray for them. Pray that God opens doors for them in their life. Pray that God changes their heart if that's what they need. Pray that God changes their mind if that's what they need. Pray that God gives an opportunity that's so obvious to you. Maybe you're the one that's going to say the right thing. If that's the case, pray that God gives them an opportunity that's so obvious to you that it's like Zacchaeus being in the tree and you can't miss it despite the crowd that surrounds you every single day with your schedule and all your responsibility and all your friends and your family. and Pray for that moment. See what God will do. That's what we're asking you to do. Think about the lost. Jesus said himself, I came to seek and save the what? Think about them. Be intentional in your prayer life about them. God has put them in your life for a reason. Maybe, just maybe, it's because you're going to say the thing that changes them. It's because you're going to be the one that brings them to Christ. Maybe. But at the end of the day, that's our job. Our job is to focus on our relationship with Jesus Christ. Our job is to bring as many in our family to Jesus Christ as we possibly can and lead them in a way that shows them a Christian example. And our job is to seek and save the lost. That's our job. Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Have you been washed in his blood, have you received forgiveness of sins? Been added to the kingdom of God? Have you been given his Holy Spirit? You becoming God's temple. God housed in you. God in you. Going with you everywhere you go. Never alone. And for those of us who have, are we looking for the opportunities? Not just, not just with those who we want to be in heaven with us, but with our church family. Are we looking for those opportunities to spend with each other day by day in our houses together, wherever? Maybe it's not in a house anymore. Maybe that's not the cool thing. Maybe the cool thing's at a restaurant. Maybe the cool thing's at a coffee shop. Maybe the cool thing's whatever. Going and shopping at a, at a store. To, I don't care what you do. Go do it. Playing golf on the golf course. Shooting guns at the gun range. I don't care what it is. Go do it. Go be people that love each other. And spend time with each other. Don't miss the opportunities. Where are you at today? If there's a need to respond to the invitation, you can come. As together we stand and sing.
Thank you, Matt. Appreciate the message. Um, Matt's message is a uh, part of that. It goes to the bookmark that we had that we passed out last week, and those are available on the evangelism table in the foyer. Um, put on there. We talked about it last week. Put on there ten names: people who need Christ, people who are currently lost that you'd like to see in heaven with you. If your kid's soccer coach lost a game and his name goes on that list, so it does. <laughs> so, anywho, but seriously, you know these people. You know people like that, and you can make a difference. Uh, that's where William started out with his welcome, is you can make a difference in the world, um, no matter who you are. So please start with, start with that. Start with praying for people who need Christ. Go with that. Um, we'll kind of highlight the bulletin, some of the stuff that's in here. Uh, like I said, the evangelism table, it's new. It's out in the foyer. Some of the stuff, as we've talked about with evangelism, we've we got the bookmarks out there. Um, I believe there's other material out there too, um, some of the Bible studies and stuff. So take a look at that and see what you need. Uh, Fishing for Men, I stole one of those copies because I've been wanting that book for a while. So thank you anyways. But anyways, there's a lot of good stuff out there. Um, the dip. We've got the city to work on the dip out front, one of the most terrorizing problems that we have right here. Uh, Ray knows the right words and he got that flowing. Uh, he also got a hold of them and said, you fixed the wrong side of the dip. So, um, we're hoping, right? Dippity-doo-dah. Dippity-doo-dah. I, I still contend that the dip didn't need an article. It needed to be on the prayer list. So, the city, city claims are going to come out and look at it, reevaluate it. So, hopefully, for all of us, that will be taken care of very shortly and not on a 30-year plan. Um, this week coming up, the uh, food pantry. Our food pantry is uh, tomorrow. Um, so, food pantry is tomorrow. Um, you need help bagging bread, probably. Yep, they need help bagging bread right after this. You got a little time to spare? Follow the hallway, smell of bread, that's the place. Uh, bag that up for the food pantry for tomorrow. If you're normally helping with the produce and stuff, then they're not doing that tomorrow. So, uh, so that part of it is not happening, but they can always use more help, and they said they could use extra help in the afternoon. Uh, the food pantry is Monday. On Wednesday, um, we're having our singing night. We started doing those on Wednesday night again to get more in touch with our singing. Um, sometimes maybe we can pick up a couple new songs or whatever, so we're going to do that. Um, I don't know the full plan. I've been out of town, but I, my understanding is we don't have a plan for the food right now, so what I think we'll do is I'll make this audible call, brown bag it. You grab your food, show up at six, we'll have dessert to share. That's the commonality, we'll have dessert to share. No, I'm wrong. I've been out of touch. So. We do have a plan. Yay. Meatball subs. Okay, we got meatball subs, desserts and drinks. If you want to bring a salad or something to go with it, bring it on. Thank you. It's better than my audible plan, so thanks. I'm glad that is working. So on Wednesday, we're going to have food at 6, then we're going to sing at 7. So come on and show up. On Thursday, the senior adults are going on a field trip. They're going to the Southern Charm Cafe in Cape Canaveral. I understand it's one of the top cafes anywhere, so that's cool. That sounds like a good time. I like diners and stuff like that, so that would be a good time. Um, if you're interested in going, there's a sign-up sheet somewhere, right? In the foyer. In the foyer. There's a sign-up sheet in the foyer. So do that and that'll help. I'm sure they're taking the bus. 
more cars if necessary, and they want to make reservations if possible. The senior, I mean, the ladies, not the senior, the ladies uh, Bible class uh, happens Wednesday daytime. Um, that's going to start up next week. Uh, if you need a book and you're part of that class, see Susan White. Susan's got the books for that class. Okay, so that's that part of it. Prayer list. Um, the Griffins have they got COVID. They got the Rona. Uh, Chris and Charlie and Gail all have it. Uh, when I talked to Charlie the other day, and they were all still healthy, but they got that five-day isolation, so they're staying home. So I think today is the last day of the five-day isolation. So hopefully we'll see them back. And they'll be back at school making a difference like they do. Uh, Mike O'Neill asked for prayers. Uh, Mike's sister, Sylvia, her husband is in process of passing away, in the dying process. And uh, he asked for prayers for her. And um, it's not a good situation. I understand it's, it's her. She's already previously lost a husband, so it makes it doubly tough. But he also asked for prayers for the right words to say to his sister. So please pray for Mike, and please pray for his sister, too. Um, Lex is home after the uh, after pneumonia. Uh, Angel is also home, and there's a ton of people in the prayer list. Pray for them. Try to get them off the prayer list. So, And one more thing. Um, on the front of your bulletin, it talks about deacons. We asked a while back for submit names for deacons to serve this church. Um, we talked to, to several men. Uh, several of the men honorably declined. They said it just didn't fit with their, their schedule or their health or whatever for other reasons. They, uh, they honorably declined. But without exception, each one of them said they would gladly take a role and make a difference here. So that's a great thing. We have three men who um, were submitting before the congregation to be deacons. Doug Gertis, Mike Robinson, and Chuck White. Um, the qualifications for a deacon can be found in 1 Timothy 3, 8 through 13. Look those over. Uh, ensure what you know about those three men, those three faithful men, that they meet every one of those qualifications, not just the easy ones, every single one of them. If you don't believe they do, Put it in writing, give it to me or Brent or Charlie or William, and uh, we'll take it from there. But we'll give you a couple weeks to, to come up with that, and, uh, but we're hoping, we're, we would love to see these guys serve. We've got a lot of stuff going on. We've got more stuff than we have servants for, so hopefully. So anyways, prayerfully, prayerfully pray for these three men, and pray for our church too. Um, that's it. So back to the beginning of the announcements. You can make a difference in this world. Make it wisely. Shall we stand for our closing song? There's a message true and glad for the sinful and the sad. Bring it up.
Holy and righteous Heavenly Father, it gives us great joy to be here, Lord, to give you all honor and glory and to hear a portion of your word. For all of that gives us great confidence in our salvation. We are so grateful to be here, Heavenly Father, for each other as well, that we can love on each other and let it last an entire week until next Sunday. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for the healing of William and Leah and Lex. But we strongly beg you, Lord, with all the strength of our prayers, that you heal Misa, Missy. Heavenly Father, we know that you can do it because you are the great physician. And there is nothing beyond your ability. Lord, we thank you for our children who are starting back to school. We ask that you plant in their heart and their mind the love that you have for them and protect them from the evil that is no doubt going to come to them. We thank you, God, for our life, a life that you have given us that we can do good for you and show the world the light within us that we love you. Go with us now after the service. Protect us from evil and know that we love you so very much. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. <laughs> 